Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we begin, want to remind you all to join the new Union Sports Goalkeeping Community, a social media network that reimagines how we engage, educate, and entertain one another. To download free, go to www.theunionsports.com or the Union Community on Apple or Google Play stores. Thanks for making the Union possible, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Magid, live from Hollywood, California. With me, you know her as the number one fan of Angel City FC and the U.S. Women's National Team. <laughs> A co-owner as well, 99 World Cup winner, Saskia Weber. I'm and- like, help me out there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> We're all repping Angel City FC right now because Look we have the lot, one and only. Huh? <laughs> we got the one and only uh, making his triumphant return uh, to inside the 18, but this time West Coast uh, based. Uh, the one and only Angel City FC Joel Caper coach Daniel Ball. What's Thanks up, dude? For me on, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll be straight up honest with you, Dan. This is uh, this has been coming uh, for a while now. Suski has been clamoring for it. Uh, ever since uh, you guys had started having some t- discussions uh, when uh, when you first made the move over here, I know that uh, you guys connected, uh, which is just awesome to see. Why sure do I did. feel like we've talked before that? After that, <laughs> we have. Yeah. You're at the first. You're at the. You're, yeah, you're, and you're at the first game down on the field, and then I was standing there, and I had Sassia come and give me this large hug um, before we took on North Carolina. Yeah, it was vice-like. Um, I'm a good and, hugger. I'm a hugger. An, an elite hugger. Um, and then since yeah, since then, it's been go, go, go. So I am really glad to be on. And like you like you said, this is the West Coast edition. I, well, well, first off, for, for some people who out there who might not be familiar, maybe they're watching all over the world and, and they, they're not familiar with what's going on in, in the Daniel Ball world. Um, last year, you were at Gotham FC. And uh, this year... There was a there was a, a coaching move as well at Gotham uh, over to the West Coast and uh, and and you got the call to to come over here. So was that a? I'm, I'm guessing that that was not as easy a decision as just let's just pack up and go, especially with just one year there. Um, there was a lot of moving pieces. I the, the concept of this place was really really exciting. There are very few times in the year 2022 that you get to do something from its inception. So um, it wasn't the easiest decision because the group we had at Gotham was really, really special. Um, But that group is no longer. The group of women at Gotham were really, really special. And I very much enjoyed the staff. But I also hadn't ventured west of Nebraska. So to move to to the West Coast uh, and turn my hand here and hopefully cultivate cultivate a group um, over this part of the country was really exciting. Is that like saying you haven't been like over the, I don't know, Colorado River or Mississippi or Mississippi, something. yeah. Like I'd been to California, but the furthest west that I'd lived had been Nebraska. So I was like, "Why not? Let's give it. Let's give it a shot." And uh, seven months later, it seems to be going all right. Is that where Bowling Green is based? Is that Nebraska? Bowling, no, Bowling Green? Green is Ohio. I don't know anything. Apparently, I've been all I, uh... over the place. So I don't expect you to know. <laughs> oh my! Well, you were in I- you were in Iowa, right? You were, weren't you? Yeah, in Iowa too? Tennessee, Nebraska, Ohio, Iowa, Jersey, California. Name the state. I've got a license to show each one. Oh my goodness gracious! You've been to more states than we have, and we're Americans. Yeah, it's crazy, huh? It's crazy. Too many jobs. I've had six jobs in six years. It's, it's crazy. 
<laughs> I think my, my favorite thing about that with, with Dan is that like, you know, he comes over here from the UK, which is obviously a smaller landmass. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of the fact that this country is so massive. A smaller landmass. Nice. It's been epic. It's been it epic. Is I've, lived, I've lived in many different places with some really cool people. And I'm very grateful to have done so. Yeah. Absolutely. And obviously, obviously you got a very special group here uh, at Angel City. And like you're saying, you know, coming in from the inception and, uh, and shout out to all the goalkeepers at Angel City, um, you know, really, really doing a, a quality job, you know, um, for a first year program. It's just absolutely incredible to see the cohesion, uh, at least from the outside that we're seeing. Yeah, our group is, uh, there's a lot that went into it. They obviously Didi gets a lot of the plaudits, right? Because she's played every game so far, but um, what not lots of people know is that that Brett and Maya um, are chomping at the bit. And um, ultimately, Didi has performed as well as she's performed because she has an incredible environment five days a week. And Brett and Maya are a huge part of cultivating that environment. So um, it is it is an individual position, but the two of them have had a huge part in in the recognition that Didi's receiving, which is, is greatly deserved. So it's important to recognize them. You know, I mean, you know, and Suskia was kind of grinning right there because <laughs> because she knows how important it is uh, to to be in an environment. And I mean, I just want to even bring up this this thing last night, you know, and this is a little bit maybe elephant in the room. But, you know, um, on the women's side, on, on and shout out, by the way, the U.S. women uh, on winning CONCACAF. Obviously, shout out to Kaylin Sheridan as well, friend of the show uh, on the Golden Glove and, and an incredible performance throughout the tournament. Um, and Canada just, you know, it's a shame that it came down to a penalty kick because that game really, uh, really was something special. But, uh, you know, Alyssa Nayer got the got the start. And, and as Suskie always says, you know, how are you going to respond to something like that? And Casey Murphy was the first one there giving hugs and, and clapping it up and everything. And it's just awesome to see that, Suskie. Absolutely. You know, listen, at the end of the day, you're teammates. And that's the bottom line. Do I think Casey should have started? Yes, I do. Bring it on. Absolutely. Um, I think that you give that young player that you've given three games to the experience of playing in a final. And that's the bottom line. Um, but uh, we won. That's great. And everything. It's just my opinion. <laughs> I'm Dan's like, I'm, I'm not going to touch. I am not going to touch I, that with a 10 foot pole. No, they can bring it on. Look, I've been in that position. But the bottom line is you play her for three games. You play Nair for one, and then what are you turning around and saying? Well, because she's been in, like, world championships and this and that and the other, she knows how to win a championship. Well, how do you how do you teach another goalkeeper to win a championship unless you put them in that situation? And she earned that right. Sorry. So let, let's just put this in a hypothetical for Dan so that he doesn't get uh, can, canceled. In it's the, not, the it's not on Dan. It's my opinion. <laughs> I know, but, I, but, but, but Dan, you know, I mean, you've, you've been in different environments and everything like that, you know, uh, is there something to be said for, you know, finding out what somebody can do in a pressure environment as opposed to in a friendly environment? Unequivocally, I think that this year it's been a little different, right? Is that um, I had this conversation with Brit. I, I thought by this part of the season that Brit may have played at some point, but with the inception of our club and I want to get some momentum rolling, um, it was crucial that we had our number one in goal. But um, it's, here's the part that is really, really tough to balance. Um, and the US have been pretty dominant in this respect. Um, at some point, that person has to play. But there's often a lot on the line. 
So here's a really good example is that I have uh, a second and third choice goalkeeper that are both brilliant. And if they both played, I'm sure they'd be fine. Um, but playing them in front of 22,000 people at the bank in an NWSL game has its, has its plights. And my job is to protect them a little bit. Um, it's a little different when I think you're an international level goalkeeper and you've played a bunch of games. Britain and Meyer haven't played a host of games. Um, and they are, like I say, chomping at a bit to, to be ready. But my job is to both manage the club here and now and to also like have one eye on their future. Um, I've had, I received a bunch of text messages asking when Britain and Meyer are going to play. Um, and their time will come, but I have an obligation to them uh, that I put them in at the time that makes sense to them uh, because there are far too many goalkeepers in this league that have been second or third choice goalkeepers, found themselves thrown in the deep end of the pool really quick. And unfortunately, the sport can be ruthless with, ruthless with regards to your reputation. And if you have one bad game, then it can affect you for a couple of years after. And I won't put Britt and Meyer in that position. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, yeah. okay. but I, but I, I'm pretty sure Dan, you don't agree that that was the situation yesterday. Yeah, I agree. I, I listen. I think that um, I think Aubrey Bledsoe is is a really gifted goalkeeper. I think Casey Murphy is a really gifted goalkeeper, and it's a great problem that the US have that um, that they have two young goalkeepers that can continue to push this country forward for years to come. I'm also glad that I'm not the person that's making the decision. <laughs> but Daniel, it's not just a U.S. problem because England's got uh, England's got a situation where they've got a ridiculously deep goalkeeper pool as well. They do, so yeah, so and they, they do, yeah, yeah. So it's Germany, Germany, have got the same thing, you know, with uh, Ber Katrin Berger and and Alma and Merle Froms. Like, what what a problem to have with these countries that have got young goalkeepers coming through. But that's what happens when you invest in putting together a plan for young goalkeepers to develop. I am going to say right now, flat out, and I will make this aware, like you have to let those young goalkeepers play in pressure situations in major like tournaments, else it'll bite you in the ass. I agree. I agree with Saskia. I mean, look, I'll, 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 be, I'll be straight up honest. And, 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 and Elvrox, we will get to your question in Macedonia because I, I think, it's, it, I think it's, a, it's a great one. And shout out for you being 15 years old and, and watching the show. Also being six foot two at 15. I hate you. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that must be nice to be that tall. Um, but uh, but I, I will say this, that, um, look, Suskia, obviously, you know, you've, you've been in an environment where, where you've been, uh, been waiting uh, to get some some playing time. And then you've also been in a situation where you've been consistently playing over and over and over again, as somebody that's been on both sides, how do you see it as, as, as the number one or, 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 or somebody that's been consistently playing and, and sees that somebody else, it might help the program for somebody else to get a shot. Exactly what you said. Okay. Like it's, it's about communication and understanding what the situation is. And I, but I don't think that was the situation here. I mean, you have Casey playing for three games. You have Nair playing for one. What, what was the decision? Why? Like, what are you saying? Like, what is, what is your, what are you trying to put out there? Like, all right, we have Casey playing for three games. Nair playing for one, but now when we get time to crunch situation, we don't trust you. Like, I, I'm really interested. I text Casey yesterday and I will ask her, but I'm really interested to find out what the conversation was because I, I'm a little baffled on that one. Like it'd be one thing if I wasn't playing at all 
which was which happened <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like okay we're going with Sask you know um but this is different she she got the the majority of playing time no, it is it is very much definitely a, a different a different situation. Just to touch back on what Dan was saying about you know also when you're talking about because you know Siski obviously you're in the collegiate environment you've been in the yeah I'm incredibly biased because she went to Rutgers and I love her and like <laughs> we wear the same number for the U S team and like yeah I'm incredibly biased everybody knows it okay <laughs> I I know but I was I was just gonna say more more the scenario is that like you know when you're talking about in the club environment, like Dan was talking about, you know, I love what you just said about, you know, with, with Britt Maya and, and, and just, you want to make sure that you're putting people on, on a path where they're going to be successful in the long term. It's not just about the club success, but it's also about that goalkeeper success no, moving, forward. moving yeah, forward. Listen, my job, um, my job <clears throat> in putting together, and it's a little different, right? Because typically if you go, if you move to a club, the, the group exists and you work with the group that you have. And over time, that group evolves. People come in and people leave. Um, but I had the privilege of choosing these three people. And in choosing these three people, I think my obligation is heightened. Um, and thus, my job is to make sure that those three are prepped and ready should their name be called. And there's been a couple of times this season that, um, that Brit's name has been really, really close to being called. Uh, for a host of reasons, but when their name is called, that they can drop into whatever environment that they're in and put their best foot forward, uh, because that footage is going to exist for a while, and that reputation is going to be really, really um, important in whatever the next career step is. Here's a really good example of that: Shelby Hogan played for uh, played for Portland against us a couple of weeks ago. I think there's a second time playing in a professional game. The other time came in the ICC Cup or whatever it was in Portland, and against us, she was brilliant. And as a goalkeeper coach in this league, as, as teams start to expand, as a result of her performance, people are gonna people are gonna take note. And I have the same duty to both Britt and Maya. I think everybody listening out there has to realize something. There's just a fundamental difference between goalkeeping and field players. You know, you can't drop you can drop a field player in for 10 minutes at the end of the game, like get them like acclimated see how they're going to respond or that you can start them and then sub them and it just does not work like that with goalkeeping it doesn't and, and, and to, to build on Saskia's point there are very few places in the NWSL that have an atmosphere like ours um it's us and Portland and outside of that you might play in front of 1200 people or 4000 people but it's definitely not 14 or 22,000 and I can't stress how much that changes the atmosphere and the ability to communicate and the pressure when you do something bad, you hear a groan. Um, when an away team scores a goal at the bank, it's silent. And all those things are formative in people's development. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's such a great point that I wasn't even thinking thinking about. That's done. That's why you're at where you're at. Um, we we got this question right here from Al Brooks uh, in Macedonia. I want to throw it up here right now um, before we get into today's topic here. And he goes, "Hey guys, I'm a 15 year old, six foot two goalkeeper from Macedonia. I've been training for around 10 years and want to know what you guys think I should be focusing on most right now." Uh, well, that's that's a that's an open-ended question. We have to know the better question is to know what you feel you're deficient on. Like, mm -hmm. um, uh, for all we know, you're the best goalkeeper in the world. <laughs> I, have, I, I have no <laughs> idea. Like, so um, um, uh, with the height of six of six 
what, two at 15? 15. I would say um, footwork, speed, agility, getting down, um, owning your area, but that's everything. So we have, I think the better question is, this is what I'm struggling with. How do I fix it? Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. And I think, you know, Alvaro, I mean, you, you brought up a, a really good point right there in regards to when, when, when a, a young goalkeeper asks a question, Dan, you know, to yourself, let's say you're, you're, you're working a clinic of youth goalkeepers or, or something like that. And they ask a question <laughs> like that, that it's our responsibility to, to start getting them to, to be a little more specific to start really understanding their their demands in their environment and what their needs are for those for those environments. Yeah, I think those uh, you use the word uh, specific. I think the more specific you can ask a young person to be, that further heightens their understanding of their game and the way their body works. And with that specificity comes detail, and with the detail comes the ability to refine it over time. Um, but like Saskia said, the more open ended your question, probably the more open-ended the answer and more open-ended the approach. And thus, you might argue that the results you get are equally as open-ended and less fruitful. That's a great, great point. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's shift gears here, guys. I think there's a good place to, uh, to go into today's topic, which is a fantastic cop topic. Uh, shout out to uh, Omar Zini, uh, Pro GK Academy, who uh, also uh, helped out with, uh, with this topic um, because uh, I know that he'd been chatting it about a little bit with Dan uh, a few weeks back. And uh, we, were, we were having the conversation about engagement and activation within session design. That is today's topic, guys, staying engaged and activated within session design. Uh, Dan, uh, in your words, what is engagement? So what's interesting is that I hadn't really thought about my session design until Omar uh, sent me a message, sent me a text. And he was like, I love the fact that he was like, I love the fact that everyone in your session is always doing something. Um, and that's what it is right, is that there are far too many times you see people in lines or people waiting um, or an inordinate amount of people resting. Um, and ultimately, as a goalkeeper, you're either in possession or out of possession. And thus, can you design a session that caters to the number of people in it to force them to be in possession and out of possession and make decisions as a result? I'd like to think that my sessions, uh, for the most part, do that. Go ahead, Sask. No, no, I just had a cough. No, oh. I agree. No, I agree. And I was watching the session that was up before we, I mean, went live, but before we officially went live and stuff. And, and you have a, an ability to constantly keep everybody engaged and moving. And I think it's really awesome. Um, you know, coaches out there, this is a difference between when we're talking about coaching camp and you got. 15 kids okay makes it a little more difficult but when you have like five um goalkeepers or something like that i think your methods and what you're doing is amazing i, I was snap i was snapshotting I appreciate <laughs> you don't have to snapshot we can send it to you so i know but you know me <laughs> i mean i think i think you know one of the one of the things about this though dan is is people a lot of times because this this i remember when i was a young coach people would be like oh you know and and, and shout out to to a, a, a nate failing up in northern california who at the time was working with santa barbara with the with the men's team at santa barbara and and he was saying you know it's like hey it's important to keep the goalkeepers engaged you know the, the more they're invested in, in the activities but then i started recognizing that a lot of the engagement i was making was artificial and not game realistic how do we not fall into that like of just getting them to do something can yeah, I say something funny? Sure. 
All right. So the greatest thing since I started coaching college at an elite level, like you, UCLA and USC, is I don't have to kick the ball anymore. <laughs> so, so let's laugh about this. But when I was coaching like club, I mean, my leg wanted to fall off and I limped out of the car at the end of the day. But now I'm just like set up my goalkeepers. They're serving. They're doing everything. It works on their distribution. And I just stand there and I'm like, awesome. To a point, <laughs> to a point, but I'm just saying, it's funny. <laughs> it's true. Hey, Dan, Dan, wait, Dan, wait till you're 50. Saskia, right, honestly, wait till you're 50. I'm 29. Wait till you're 50. I turned 30. I turned 30 in two weeks, and my my body my body's already uh, paying. <laughs> exactly. So wait till you're 50, and you'll be That's finding fair. that person that can serve the long ball. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's <saying>. fair. <laughs> I know. Come come next come 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 next season at Angel City. Uh, all these all these session designs you see of Dan on on video, you're gonna be like, well, where where's that where's <laughs> where's where's the where's that redheaded guy? Where's where's that guy? Where did that is he still there? Is he still coaching? I like there? to think I've got. I like to think my right hip's got a little a little left in it. Uh, yeah, you, I, you got you got about thirty more years. But I've got to look after it a little better. Yeah, but it's all about delegating responsibility. I'm just saying. <laughs> But 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 kind of getting back, kind of getting back um, onto that topic though, Dan. I, I think what I like I said, I was just trying to keep them active, not really thinking about how it related to the game or that scenario in the moment. Yeah, so I think if you start from the game, it's a really important place. Um, the, the really the easiest way for me to explain it was often I just draw a mirror. If I were, if you were to put a mirror uh, down the middle of the goal, what can you create the other side? So that there's always someone in possession, there's always someone out of possession. If there's a goalkeeper, there's a six. If there's a centre-back, there's another centre-back. And as the ball rotates, each person's responsibilities change, their duties in the in the session change. But that means that their mind has to constantly work. The next part, I think, is really important to note, and um, this is heightened at this level, is that our women's time is precious um, because they've got in a car and they've driven 40 minutes to practice and they've... They've got their bodies activated prior to practice. And thus, to use the word obligation again, I have an obligation for the 45 minutes I have them on the field to keep them engaged uh, because they're not paying to be. They're being paid to be there. But our season is really, really long. And thus, over the space of 10 months, if I'm not keeping them engaged at practice, then I lose them. And thus, when we do film and I want to coach them or I want to I offer them feedback or critique them, my response would be like, I haven't got time for you, mate. Um, so... That is a really important part as to why I design my sessions the way I design them. Because if they're going to be there, they might as well have some fun. Uh, they might as well get their mind ticking over. And I think that that is something that correlates with a coach at any level. I don't care if you're coaching a 12-year-old that's paid to be there or if you're coaching a club or you're coaching college. The time that you have with your goalkeepers is precious. It's way more precious than money. And thus, I, need, I have an obligation to make sure that they are engaged the entire time. Dan, I love one of the things that you just brought up, and I want to bring that up with Suskia because Suskia, you've been working camps this this summer uh, in the youth in the youth environment. <laughs> okay, I'm like, how did I how did I get back here? But yes, <laughs> and and I, I never thought about this before, but in regards to the fact, is like when you're talking about money, it's like you do have an op those young goalkeepers. You know, their parents did pay money for them to attend. You know, attend this project and 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 be in that environment. 
So you do have an obligation to make sure that they are all getting, you know, their, the best bang for their buck, you know. But again, like you're talking about, you get these large numbers. So, you know, you know how, like, like Dan was saying, you know, time's precious. You know, how do you make it so that, you know, little, you know, little Sally and, 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 and you know, and, and older, you know, Elizabeth are both getting their, their money spent? Wow, this is a huge question. <laughs> like, okay. because let's talk about open end too open ended. I know it's an open ended question. Let's talk about the yeah. fact that if I if I gauge my job on the fact that I want to make sure the parents were getting their bang for their buck, that's ridiculous. All right, and I think I see that when I'm coaching camps, and uh, we also want quality, you know. And so if little Sally and Elizabeth are exhausted because I'm trying to work them into the ground for a bang for a buck that, that that's that that's not good as well so <clears throat> excuse me so you have to find a, a mean in there you have to find a middle ground where you are training everyone and they're getting they're engaged and they're learning but you're not just out there to and we've talked about this mike where you've coached privates and and the parents are like why isn't my kid flying all over the place? Why isn't my kid exhausted and, and stuff like that? And, and the education gets lost. Do you understand I mean, my point? No, I do. I do. I do. I do. Dan, you You're asking ask? me about camps. So no, camps are fundamentally different than what Dan's doing. Of you're course, talking absolutely. About, yeah. You're talking about a lot of kids. And so it's, you got to weigh it. Dan, do you want to add to that? No, I agree. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. I look, I'm not here to make a look. Camp owners can be mad at me. I'm here. I'm not here to make a, the, the parents happy for the bank for their buck. I'm here to teach their kids. You know, and if you ever, you know, and, and I'm not here to exhaust their kids and, and have them think that them like falling on the ground and flying all over the place is, is educational. So. No, absolutely. 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 And I know I, I think I probably could have phrased that question a little bit differently. <laughs> a, a little bit differently. Um, I so let's do this. You. Okay. <laughs> so let's, let's do this. I want to, I want to do this. I want to throw in, uh, Dan sent us some, uh, some, some nice little session designs right here. Um, and I want to start being able to show people, uh, how he's able to keep it game realistic, but yet incorporate all the goalkeepers and make sure that they're all being engaged. And Dan, I think one thing that a lot, before we get into this, I think a lot of people have the misnomer that engagement means physical, 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 physical engagement just means that they're thinking about the game. They're involved in the game. They're within the game. Let me give you some context for this. So um, you'll notice that I have two goalkeepers. This is because our other goalkeeper was out at the time. We had been off for four days um, and thus I was really conscious of wanting to have them, not wanting to have them hit the ground like bonkers. This is basically a re-entry day, although it was at the end of the week. Um, so there are a few things to note here is that there's a six, the goal at the bottom of the screen, the line in front of it is six yards. So I basically have a six yard box, two six yard boxes, but we was playing that as if it was the 18 yard box. And then also know that over my right shoulder, there's something hanging from the crossbar. I'd never done this before but I thought we'd make it work. There's also a yellow pole in front of the small goal. I think that small goals are great to like replicate people, um, but they often are way too big of a target for a pass. So the yellow pole was the target and the small goal was there to mop up the balls that run Aaron. 
Um, so you'll see over the next couple of clips that um, the ball ends up coming to me. And we use that six yard box as basically the top of the box. So it'd be like defending the space. And I either play it and they have to clear it, but we didn't want to shag balls like nobody's business. Um, or the ball uh, ends up under the, like just under the 18 yard box, they'd come out to smother it. Um, what was hanging from the crossbar was like a, um, it's like a, a yellow red, like a, it's like a bone basically. Um, and what was really interesting is that it kept their minds activated because they had to hit that. And it was only from seven yards away, but that hitting that bone gave them feedback. Um, and it was feedback that their strike was where they'd aimed, which is exactly what we wanted because far too many goalkeepers at the top of the box just launch it. We are launching it, but we're launching it with a target. Um, so there's an in-possession focus here. There's an out-of-possession focus. And then you're seeing this next one as this unfolds is that I bowl it a little far into the box. And I would say there are a few things that are really, really tough to replicate as a coach. <coughs> one of them is defending the three yards at the top of the box. Um, and actually, the ball that I give to Didi in a second is defending the, the three yards at the top of the box. Can she come to smother or is she going to launch it out for a throw in, which would keep pressure on our team? Yeah. I, so, I absolutely I no. I absolutely love what you were just talking about right there. I mean, I I I should be taking notes right now. I'm I'm gonna have to go back and 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 watch this because, you know, Suskia, I, I would say that in my maturation as a, as a as a as a coach, you know, I've started recognizing, and a lot of this happened during the pandemic. And shout out to all the wonderful coaches who I've, I've been able to have discussions with on on and off the air, uh, but about the the in possession to out of possession. And when I think when you're talking about activation and engagement, we've got to make sure that it's involving both because that's the game. Yeah. A huge, you'd only have to come to uh, one angel city game and be there for about 10 minutes to see how important it is that we use our goalkeeper. And in the recruitment process of putting this group together, that was a massive part of, of what kept people in the conversation and eradicated people from the conversation. Uh, and thus, every part of our session, there is an in-possession focus. So this next clip that you're about to show, uh, Brits, indeed uh, is about to strike the ball, um, but there are a couple of requirements. There's either an eight pass, a 10 pass, or a six pass. So she's just played it low as if she was driving it through to the six. But notice that as she plays the ball, Brit tracks that ball to where Maya's catching it. Right, She's in the main goal, but she tracks it the entire way. She's engaged. She knows that she's not going to get the ball off that initial one, but that movement laterally and then back inside is what we're looking for. God, that's awesome. Um, I, I mean, I'm like, it's very hard. Look, I mean, I, I, it's very rarely do I, am I speechless, but I'm all I'm just thinking is like, oh my God, this is just next level. So is there anything you want to add to this? Because my, my brain is just exploded right now. No, so I agree. Cool. It's amazing how you can, you know, we get so focused on one situation when we're training and how you have, you know, you have two situations here. All right. Who's, who's making the save, who's tracking the fact she's in the big girl goal, tracking that, that slotted ball, everything like that. It's the engagement. The mind is constantly engaged. It's amazing. No, it's yeah. Well, here's, yeah. what, here's what happens. Here's what happens from time to time is that initial ball, um, that initial ball, Maya might palm it off uh, into what would be Brit's six yard box then. And Brit has an obligation then to dominate that space. But she can't dominate the space if she's just playing the strike or the one the one v one that she's going to get from me. 
So you notice that every single ball she plays, she's tracking it laterally as if it was pulled back to the end line and she would dog, she would assume a position close-ish to the post. However, um, Britt hasn't played a game yet and though we, thus we don't get to do game film on her. So my ability to coach those situations um, from game film is nullified. And thus I need to build those situations into practice so we can get those habits in or out, celebrate them or eradicate them so that when the time does come, she's she's good to go yeah you know one of the one of the things that i i, I love what you just said there in regards to and i, I think a, a lot of times we we forget about that is that you know when we are working with goalkeepers who have been in different experiences throughout the season and we start trying to train them the same and, and Suski, I've, I've been a culprit of this in the past too uh, especially at the collegiate level and i started recognizing oh my gosh well how can i expect someone who hasn't been in this scenario in a game environment like this lately to be as sharp or on the same page as somebody who has been going through those reps consistently. Yeah. But I think that what Dan's doing and that, you know, what I believe in and everything is making everything as game-like as you can game, like scenarios game, like everything. So that regardless of whether you're a second or third goalkeeper has played, they're used to the scenarios. You know, and and you trust in them for that. So, I mean, I love this. There's so many different situations here. There's so many different things that can happen. Yeah, you're sending this to me, by the way. Michael, <laughs> will, you, will, you, will you go back? Will you go yeah, back? For sure. Yeah, there's so many different situations. It's not what we have with a lot of coaches out there and stuff is like, okay, this is what we're doing. This is where the ball is going to go. This is how you're training. Right. But that's not game like. Right. So there's so many. How are you how are you working on your positioning? How are you working on your your service back? How are you working on if this gets deflected off a mannequin? What are you doing? Like there's so many different situations, but that's the game of soccer. Yeah, that's what happens in front of you within the 18 period. Yeah. So, so we have we have there are a few things that to be a goalkeeper at Angel City, you have to be able to do. Um, and one of them is to play into, right? You must be able to play into an eight if they fall into a pocket of space. You must be able to play over somebody into a right back or left back. And in that very clip there, you've just seen two other things that are really, really important. So watch when, when Maya strikes the ball at Brit, you could see this as service for Brit, but I don't see this as service for Brit. I see this as Maya taking a one-step goal kick and clipping the ball into an eight who's 40 yards up the field, right? Right. That's the way I see it. Brick just happens to be eight yards from her. Um, and then the next thing, and I celebrated this with Kaylin a bunch last year, because I think she does it the better than anybody in the world, is can you start the attack with a bowl at pace without mm. having a 10-yard run-up? So if you watch any game of soccer, more often than not, when the goalkeeper collects the ball, they travel to the top of the box to start the attack. And actually, we want to start the attack when the opportunity presents itself. And right now, because I've popped off the mannequin, I've presented myself. So now we've got to challenge Brit's arm strength and detail to deliver the ball to me. Because if she doesn't, then Didi doesn't get an action. So everything is connected. <coughs> if one person could do something brilliantly, everyone gets an action. And if they don't, then they don't. And thus there's this pressure on them for them to deliver. Because the toughest thing for me at Angel City to recreate is pressure. Because the pressure on training is very different to the pressure on game day. But if I can make one person's final action contingent upon the first person succeeding, then actually they create this pressure in their minds to deliver. 
love that. I absolutely love that. And I, lo- I love the fact that you're bringing up the fact that uh, in regards to how one action leads to another action leads to another action, because I think but, a lot of times, no, Suski, uh, uh, go ahead if you were about to say something. Yeah, but, and, and that's the next level. Let's be honest. That's the next yeah. level of goalkeeping. The next level of goalkeeping is that you understand that your action, where are you going to go with that? Right? Mm-hmm. It's not, I've got the ball pause it's you've already scanned you've already done this so am i gonna be two steps into a throw three steps into a side volley trigger somebody hit the nine hit the this hit the that hit the other and and the minute that you aren't thinking a step ahead is you're too late at this level i I was just thinking about just in the factors like when when i'm working with young goalkeepers dan is that they they think about, okay, one action, but they don't think about the consequences of, of the, their action for the next person who received that ball. So if they played a poor ball to action one, action two is going to be, maybe they're successful with that, that action, but, but action two is not going to be successful because of where they place that ball. So here's what's interesting, right? Is that actually with our group, we've gone all the way around the circle and come back to the bottom And it's my job with some of the complexity of the stuff that we do. There isn't always an action for the final goalkeeper. Um, But my job is to coach, not necessarily the final action, but the positioning. Did you track? Did you, did you move too much? Did you move not enough? It may not always end in a save, right? Um, But actually there's a host of different moments that led up to that moment. Were you in the spot where you could make a save if I'd have hit the target? I have, I, conveniently sent you lots of clips of me hitting the target right but there are a lot there are lots of time there are lots of times that i don't because there have been so many things that have gone on um and actually my job is to one pull it back around to celebrate the fact that what you've done is fantastic and if i'd have headed it on target you're in the spot to make the save let me give you context on this next clip because this is something that um we've started to do and it's not a product of me we have an assistant called rob he uh, he came from Chelsea. I like um, that you say called Rob. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he came from Chelsea. He goes by his goes, his name is Clarence, but he goes by Rob. Called Rob. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he, I was he, just thinking like he's got an AI like a like a yeah, robot like, named Rob or something like. That's <laughs> what it sounded like, right? <laughs> Sorry, we, we have another assistant. His name is Rob. Um, <laughs> And he's fantastic. And one thing that I have been pretty staunch on in all the places that I've been is that I see goalkeeping like baking. If you want a good loaf of bread, you've got to have the time. If you want a crappy loaf of bread, then you're not going to put a bunch of time into it. It's exactly the same, right? Like if I get 40 minutes every day, then I promise you that the goalkeeper you're going to get to be brilliant. If you give me 10 minutes, you're not going to have a good loaf. It's, a, it's really simple. Um, but there are times where we get pulled into practice 15 or 20 minutes um, into the session. So Rob challenged me. It was like, okay, well, how in a team session can you continue to run a goalkeeper session? Um, so here, what you're about to see, the next couple of clips are a phase of play for the team. And it would be really easy for me and the other goalkeepers to be standing next to the post, just shooting. Um, and actually what happens is that Brit's in goal and she, she is forced to make an action as a result of what's going on with the team practice. And then as they work back and reset, Deedee puts a cross in, but I don't see it as a cross. I see it as an eight or a 10 pass. So watch, watch. I step onto the field and Deed clips the ball in the same way you're going to see her do to Savannah um, over the course of this season. And Britt now has to make a save and final action for the smother. 
Um, so she may get an action with the team, but I can guarantee you she's going to get an action with me. And now she's back in the team practice. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. You I feel like this to, is going to solve so many that? problems. Who? Tony, Tony DeChico. Really? All the time. Yeah. This so is, whenever, this is really whenever, cool. whenever we would get into team play, team actions and stuff like that, we would work with the team and then there'd be another action when they were resetting always yeah i've i've found myself i love last, it last few years like there, there are times where you could stand next to the post and hang out and actually here rob was like listen they're going to be in for 20 minutes so you can have 20 minutes if you're just talking or you can have 20 minutes where you can coach them in something that you want to touch on the, the limitation for me is mannequins are really important for me and on the field there aren't any right now um but it's a really good space for them not only to make the saves, but also for their team to see them make the saves as they reset. Mm -hmm. That's a nuance that I don't think is celebrated enough. Is often the goalkeepers work in, work in a space um, of isolation. And actually, if you add the volume up in this, as Britt makes this save off my volley, the whole team celebrates it. And yeah. she, gets, she, gets to, she gets to feel like what it's like to make a save and be recognized by the most important people on the team, which are a teammate. Right, that's crucial. But it also it, it keeps the goalkeeper engaged. It does, you know. It, it instead of that, you know, we we get that mundane like, okay, the you know the team's doing this stuff. It, it you're like, okay, we need the goalkeepers. It's going to goal, and it doesn't actually go to goal. Right, <laughs> it never does. Like the head coach is stopping it, bring it back, and this and that, the other. But to keep the goalkeeper engaged and to do this, and this is something that I grew up getting done to me. Like I said, Tony DeChico instilled it. Like, and so I love this, and I do this um, as well. And Mike, I know you're like, this is amazing, but it, it's it's you know, it's awesome. I love this it. next clip. This yeah. next clip, uh, a huge I'm just like, of, I love Dan. It's fine. <laughs> a huge part of what we've got to be able to do. Um, <laughs> you can't watch any game. You'll see DD or any of our goalkeepers clip the ball over pressure into our left back. So right now, phase of play, team's gone to goal. I'm the right centre back. I play the ball into DD. DD pushes it out of her feet, plays over pressure <laughs> into the goal, which is indicative or representative of someone being out there. And then there's a cutback. And she has to make a save from the top of the box. Right. So, so Mike, actions. Mike, watch something, right? Okay. Rewind this. Okay. okay. Dan, I'm, I'm singing your praises. I appreciate that, Saskia. Uh, no, I, I, yeah. So watch, watch. Okay. This shot over the goal. Okay. So normally, okay. normally stop in a lot of practices. All right. You know, that's what we were doing. Everybody jog back to the top or we'll reset and stuff like that. Instead, you're engaging your goalkeepers. Right? So every, watch all the field players. Backs to watch the goalkeeper. Didi gets the ball, works on works on serving it out to the outside. Now there's a touch. That drops back. Still getting her training in. Shot. Goal, field players have no idea what's going on. Right? But imagine <laughs> if you're in practice and you don't do that. Imagine the kind of the, hmm, all right, I'm not really engaged. I'm not, how do you keep your goalkeepers engaged? How, and like you said, Dan, how do you train your goalkeepers while the field players are training, while you're you're engaged with the field players? This is how. 
well done. So you would you would create a malaise. The the other the way that so I have two of three goalkeepers activated in this. The other way that like actually thinking about this as we're sitting on here, so you can have credit for this, is that behind that goal I have two more lines. So I basically have twelve yards of space that I could use as end lines. And what I could do, notice that, yeah. What I could do um, is actually put another goal adjacent to that goal, but 12 yards back so that someone might, you might get a shot from six yards or you might get a shot from 12 yards, but both goalkeepers would have to track the cutback. One of them would be a cutback and the other one would be a ball to basically the top of the box. Um, So that's the next thing you're going to, I'm going to do that in practice this week is I'm going to have one goal (laughs) on the main field, one goal off the field, but close to it. So that all three goalkeepers are having to do something. Yeah, I mean, with even with this service to the far post, yeah, exactly. That can be something right there. That can be a long ball serve. You can tell them that, you know, Saskia <laughs> from Saskia. It's fine. <laughs> they'll be like, who? They'll be like, who? <laughs> Saskia. Although Didi knows who I am. So <laughs> Brit knows, knows who you are. I know. I'm just messing Yeah. Print, print notes but it's true. But think about that. Now, her service long could be another training mechanism, and you could keep the goalkeepers engaged. Where we get in practice, you're like, all right, well, the goalkeepers are done. Now they're just going to stand back there, and when they get a shot, they get a shot. No, keep them engaged. Still train within your training. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to bring this up right here because this is this is a, a, a clip that you posted on YouTube. I think it was a few weeks ago um, that we reposted on the Union because it was so darn good uh, recently. And uh, this was up from a midseason session. And I, I want to Dan, I want to see because you know we that was a more recent session than what you had just shown us right there, right? Yeah, yeah, it was last yeah. week. So this was more what like May or so? Uh, yeah, like yeah, end of Challenge Cup, start of the season. I, w- I would love to see if, and if there's a specific area in this clips that you want us to go to on certain areas that you've adjusted since then, because you've, you've noticed areas you could improve, because I think that's, that's one really good thing. I think for, for young coaches to see out there as well is that somebody like yourself is still evolving and still developing and still, still, ch- still changing things and adjusting things. Would you, there, in this clip, uh, there is uh, two mats. There's a, there's a session that we, a part that we do where there are two mats um, within the width of the goal. Would you be able to track that down? And I'll give you a little backstory. Let's see, let's see, let's see here. Two mats. Oh, this that's epic too. What we what we did. Okay. Um, epic. Yeah, that is. This, this one right here? Is, yeah. So this is one of my this is one of my favorite things that we do. We did it last year at Gotham. We've evolved it this year. It helps you when you've got four goalkeepers. Um, but we've got we've got multiple servers. We've got four people working. Um, something that I've said this to the goalkeepers, so this is not unfair is that the huge part of the that we recruited Didi is because we knew that she could operate the way we needed the way we needed her to operate. Like she was a known entity. Um, and Britt and Maya have come from different environments where the focus was on very different things. So Britt has had to evolve as a goalkeeper in possession at Angel City. Um, at the start of the year, my sessions reflected that. Um, so my sessions weren't contingent the the final action wasn't contingent upon Mm. the first part being well because if it was we would never have got to it um and actually what you can see here is that everyone's working in possession everyone's working out of possession as a result of their commitment to their development so there's the same we've got the same bowl from Didi there 
I challenge you to come watch a game where Didi doesn't start the attack with a bowl, that she breaks pressure. It's a huge part of what we do. And then can you have a goalkeeper step up and break a line? Um, this, this is... This right here is like a, a slightly more dynamic version of the same session that we were doing in with the team, um, but also testament to their commitment to the way that we play. Um, so Maya's found our right back there. Uh, now that's become the uh, opponent's left-sided forward, and she's bagged in the top corner, and Maya's made a brilliant save. Um, the space that I've got to get better, there are two things. Um, the first one is I've got to use my left foot more. Um, there, there, there has been this, there has been this shift in the world of goalkeeping, right? There's been this shift in the world of goalkeeping to multiple goalkeeper coaches. And there are a couple of reasons principally that's happened. The first one is typically, especially in England, one of them played professionally and the other one didn't, and they bring a more academic approach. And those are typically like an older and a younger. This is the um, first or, I'm hearing of this, but go ahead. Yeah. So, so for example, um, if you look no, at Bournemouth, I get it, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you look at Bournemouth a couple of uh, like last season, they had Anthony, who is 29 and a PhD student, Anthony White. And then they had Neil, who is mid to late 40s, who played 300 professional games. And it was a recognition that Anthony brought a very academic approach. And Neil could offer them that like, I've played in front of 15,000 people. Anthony, you haven't. Um, the other <clears> approach <throat> is the one that Man City have taken. Um, and it's that both uh, both coaches there are similar in age. One of them played professionally. Um, they both play professionally, but one of them's left-footed, the other one's right-footed. One piece of feedback that all of the goalkeepers at Gotham gave me last year, Kaylin and Mandy specifically, is that I can hit a ball really well on my right foot, but I've got to do a way better job of shaping it with my left foot because it's a picture that they're going to see in this league. And if all day I'm just whipping it around them with my right foot um, to one side, then I'm doing them a disservice. So I actually put out on Twitter a few weeks ago, like I went through a session, just absolutely smashed it in my left foot and I was ecstatic. Um, the second part that I've got to get, I've got to get better at, um, and I've given, they, all the goalkeepers have given me their feedback is that I can become really intense in practice, like really intense. And my expectations and demands become really, really high to the point that they're almost unattainable. And if one part doesn't go well, then it, has affected my mood to the latter part and they all basically come up to me three months ago and was like listen if we're going to grow at the rate that we hope that you can help us grow then you need to recognize that some parts aren't going to go well and that's okay so there's like a there's like a maturation part as a coach i'm really proud to be 29 and the youngest goalkeeper coach in the league but with that comes a level of emotional intelligence that i need to continue to refine I mean, look, I mean, to, to be honest with you, I mean, speaking of emotional intelligence, the fact that you're willing to be that, that humble at 20, 29 years old and also be also that aware of those types of deficiencies, I think I definitely wouldn't be at 29 years old. I'll tell you that. Suski, I don't know about you. You don't know what about me. <laughs> My left's not getting any better. I'm 51. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, emotional intelligence at 29, though. <laughs> But, um, no, but I love it. And I, listen, the bottom line is if the evolution of goalkeeper, first of all, it used to be that there were no goalkeeper coaches. So let's look at it from, from that perspective. And now if the evolution of goalkeeper coaches is to have multiple, are you kidding me? Multiple, a young goalkeeper coach, an older one, like, or two of the same that have different um, qualities and skills. That's incredible to me. They're never like, are you kidding? 
Like gone are the days of, hey, go go knock some bollies in the corner and we'll see you when we want you. You know, so for me, I think that's absolutely amazing. Like, and uh, I, I never thought I'd see the day. Multiple I, I, goalkeeper coaches. <laughs> I, I want to see this right here because now the, the, this is what Dan was uh, referring to with these mats right here. So we got to, we got to know what you were referring to here regarding these mats here. So, so this is match day plus one. Uh, which means that Didi has played a game and in a game she'll cover 5,000 meters um, and she'll have X number of explosive actions, but she'll also take 12 to 15 goal kicks. Um, so my job is to make sure that there isn't a disparity between um, Didi and the rest of the group. Otherwise, over the course of the season, Didi gets fitter and they don't get fitter. Um, but a huge part of what I also want them to be able to do is can you be explosive and dominate your four-yard goal? This is when we were using the Rams field, which was pretty firm. So um, they had lots of football practice mats. Um, so I was like, okay, can we tick a few boxes, get better explosively? Can we have some fun? Can we film it so there's some feedback? Um, and that's what we did with the mats. So here, what happens is uh, balls played out central. Can you have a good quality touch and zing the ball in? Can you start the attack, posted the target? And as the ball bypasses me, it would be the same as a ball from an outside channel being crossed in. As the ball bypasses me, I then I then serve the ball. I don't throw many balls because I think that one of my strengths is that we can we operate at a decent pace with our feet. Um, but I wanted to be able to give them the announced service to force them to explode and provide them a soft landing, like literally a safety net, um, so that they could get rep after rep after rep. And actually, go the Mike, go back. Yeah. Um, was unbelievable. Like they were goosed at the end of this. And thus I've closed the gap between Didi having played 90 minutes and them not. I think something that whether it's acknowledged or not with the mats in this situation, it's, it's making you just make micro movements instead of making big adjustments and realizing that within that, what is that? Maybe three yard space. Mm -hmm that you can adjust your positioning and still make the save to the far upper 90 without having to overcompensate and you can still get there. So that's, that's kind of what I thought. Like, I was like, wow, you're like pigeonholing them to a micro movement, but they're still making the save and they're still so exploding. Something that Brit does, uh, this is, I don't think there's anybody in the league that does it better than her is that she dominates. She dominates these four yards above her shoulders. Some of the saves that she can make in that space is fantastic. So actually this session was for Maya, who that's a space that she can continue to grow is being explosive within a three or four yard space. Exactly. But if you notice where, if you notice where I start, I'm in the same space that Didi made the header against Didi made the save off the header last week against San Diego mm -hmm. from about six yards, exactly the same space. Can you dominate that three or four yards width above your shoulders? Because the reality is no one expects you to make the save outside of that. And thus we are going to be stellar in that. Right. And can you have that explosion? Exactly. Can, can you half step push and push? Half step yeah. and push. But it's not just subtle push. It's explode. Can you load yeah. on that leg and really get the most out of the movement and explode in that space? Yeah. Absolutely. Right here. Boom. Boom. That's it. And I, 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 for people 
watching or listening out there, I don't give a damn if it's your lower hand or upper hand. Keep the ball out of the net on this one. You know, people are like, well, she should have gone upper hand, hand outside. And I'm like, seriously? You know, with the, with the pace that this is coming in, with the quick reaction and everything, the fact that you can still get a hand and with power, with explosion and tip it to hit the bar or over the bar, I got no problems with that. Michael, is this the full video of YouTube? Yeah. <laughs> can you go to the very first clip? Because it's actually Brit doing this. The, sure. Like right at the start. Here you go. Right at the very start. Um, she takes the cross. She slings the ball to me to start the attack. She goes bottom hand over the crossbar. It's yeah, exactly no that. It's, it's exactly, exactly that. what I'm saying. She because does that better if, than anybody. Yeah, and the bottom line is here, look, if she tries, great pause, Mike. If she tries to go, if she tries in this situation to go top hand over, she misses it, in my opinion. The ball's already beaten her pace, but she still has the explosiveness gets a backhand and tips it. So that's what I'm saying. I, I get tired of, of people coming to me with like, well, you're supposed to do it like this. No, you're supposed to you're supposed to keep the ball out of that. And I, I love this. I love it. Yeah, this 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 is like it announced and then it actually happening. Those yeah. two clips side by side are the same thing. Yeah. And and I and I one one thing I want to bring up too is that just in regards to like effectiveness Siski, I love what you said. You already are beat that direction. Don't follow one mistake with another mistake because you're trying to be technically clean. I love what That's you just what, said. Right and there, you so. know, I always say that. Like, my mm -hmm. thing is, like, look, don't do not do that. You know, keep the ball in that. But look at, if you go back a little bit, look at her positioning. Look at her. Her She's squared up. So come, come. So she come. Where is it? Right, right after the cross. This, this right? is DD. This is DD. Oh, this is DD. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, gotta go very. We like DD. We like DD. So. Okay. Okay. So here. Cross. Boom. Ball. So watch. Squared up. Set. Set. Right. So whatever yep. happens near post, above her head, low, far post, anything. She's ready for it. Hands ready. Set. Go. Boom. Touch. Yeah. And there's no way with the pace of that ball that you're going top hand. There's not. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. Dan, I, this is, this is why Suskia was so excited when you came into angel city. Saskia. She was so excited. <laughs> look at Saskia sat there in angel city gear. I'm all about it. I, I was going to wear mine, but I had a sneaky feeling that you all would be wearing it. And thus I chose well, to. Here's the funny thing. Who were we on with? And I had all the Angel City things. Bella. We were on with Bella. So I totally forgot, right? <laughs> and so I, I didn't have an Angel City t shirt I had on. I had USC on. But Bella's like, really? <laughs> she gets on the podcast. She's like, I'm like, oh. Because you guys were literally playing them like two days late, like the next day or so. She had a great, she had a great sense of humor about it. I was like, oops. I, I was like this. I was like, okay. And I was like, pull it down. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my gosh. Um, I, uh, while we're, while we're starting to try to wrap everything up and Dan, thanks for taking the time. I know obviously you're in the middle of the season right now. There's a lot going on uh, with you. You're learning how to surf. I mean, that's a, there's a lot going on with that. I think everyone's been seeing those videos, those pictures online. <laughs> How uh, we're gonna have to compare Suskia and you are gonna have to go surfing together. You have to compare who's 
Whose form's better? Whose form's Not better? A chance. Not no, a chance. I, 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 I float on a board very well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's oh true. my gosh. I look great, but I float on the board very well. Oh my god! Give it, a, give it, a, give it, a, give it a few years for Dan be be coaching out here at Angel City. He'll be a, he'll be a, he'll be a pro surfer in a few years. He'll, cause well, you know, okay, I'm gonna tell you a story really quick before okay. you go. So okay. back when we were training with the U.S. and stuff like that, and we were in Florida training, and Tony was always just like, "You guys, you know, you have to have like a balance with your life and all of this stuff." So on the weekends when I would have off, when we were in, you know. We were in residency, I would go with some friends that I knew, nothing to do with soccer, and I'd go surfing. Surfing, right? And so I was so arrogant, I will call myself out, that I bought a short board because I thought it was really pretty and it was a, a WRV and it was like awesome. And I was like, I can deal with this. I will honestly say I never rode that board in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I can say that I, I I caught waves, but I never got up. It was a short board. Like I've never surfed before. And now you have these big, like, you know, boats and stuff. Um, and on Mondays, I'd get back to practice and Tony would start hammering volleys at me. And my arms so tired. Yeah. <laughs> so tired that I was just like taking like balls off the chest, off my face. I couldn't hold anything. And it's he brutal. Had, it's brutal. And he's it like, it's brutal. Yeah. He's like, Do you go surfing this weekend? I'm like, Yeah, yeah. I went paddling, but I went surfing. And it was, it was one of the one of the funniest things I ever took away from um his coaching and playing with the US team. <laughs> I do want to say this because this is actually a nice, the dogs agree completely uh, in regards to that. Uh, I want to bring this up because it's a great segue into fatigue because this is a, a, just something that I was thinking about here, Dan, in regards to uh, when you're keeping goalkeepers engaged, whether it's physically or mentally, how do you, how do you balance rest parameters to make sure that they're not overtraining? Yeah. So um, I like to think that we have a really, really, really good relationship. Our communication is straight up. If one of them is not having a good day or something's happened in their life, they know they can text or call me and I will adjust practice accordingly. There have been two times this year uh, that I've not been in the world's greatest mood and thus uh, something's happened in my life or I'm just not feeling it. And at the start of practice, I'm straight up with that. Uh, and from there, we'll, we, we set the expectations from the start. Um, I feel like if one of the really cool parts about being a goalkeeper coach is you, you get to work on a ratio that is conducive to knowing your women really, really, really well. Um, and I'd like to think, in fact, our, like our goalkeeper group message is brutal. They're just always hammering me. But I think that they hammer me because we get along pretty well. Um, so our rest to work ratio is completely determined by them. I'm never going to be like, we're going to do six or eight. You can take as many as you want. If you want another couple, then say, can I get a couple? Uh, and if, if we haven't got time, I'll say no. And if you want to be done on three, then we can be done on three. You'll notice Didi in a game day warm up. Um, Didi may take two low balls down to a right. And if they're magic, she's done. Um, so they are professionals. They know themselves really well. My job is to take uh, the session and design it to fall in with the periodization of the week. Um, but they're the ones that have to know their bodies and they need to know that I back themselves. I back them. So if they say that they're done, then they're done. Yeah, and Mike, you have to realize something. At this level, you're not 
you're not that kid showing up after school going like, I just don't feel like playing today. (laughs) (laughs) It's your job. So, so if you're saying, Hey, listen, um, my legs tweaked or I'm really fatigued or something like that's some, that's a conversation you have with your, your physios, your trainers, your goalkeeper coach, like everything like that. It's a serious thing. It's not, it's not what you're dealing with. It's not the 10 year old showing up and being like, I only want three reps. Yeah. It's like, Hey, I got a math test later. I got to get out of here. (laughs) The interesting part for me has been that in in our group, in our group, we have a real eclectic group of experience. So Didi's 30. She's been in around the league for a long, long time. Hasn't played masses up until last year, Um, but she knows herself, but she's still learning herself. Brit's 24, been in the league for a year and a half and knows her body really well. She takes care of it. Uh, Maya went to Hartford, uh, didn't get drafted. A couple of teams looked at uh, Discovery, didn't want any part of it. Um, And actually teaching Maya to listen to her body and look after her body and recognize that actually doing a bunch today would affect tomorrow and the day after. It's been a really interesting part of working with a young goalkeeper with a lot of promise. Yeah, but you and you also run into the fact that they think they need to prove something. Exactly, Um, yeah. I never forget when I was playing for um, New York and we had a young 22 year old goalkeeper in and I'm walking off. I'm like practice is ending and she's goes to our goalkeeper. She's like, let's, you know, I want to do some more training. Let's do power diving and stuff like that. And I'm walking off the field and he's like, Hey, you know, Sask, do you want to jump in? Like, you know, so-and-so I won't say her name wants to like do like upper 90 power diving. And I was just like, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm like, absolutely not. I'm like 30 years old and no, I'm not doing power diving over cones or anything right now. I'm going to the trainer and I'm getting some ice. <laughs> like, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm going home. Yeah. yeah. Oh my, oh my God. Well, well, speaking of going home, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll let Dan, uh, he's already home, but we'll let him, uh, I am. uh yeah. We'll let him be able to relax for a little bit. And uh, maybe he's putting a session designed to, together for tomorrow. But um... remember that second goal was me. was me. <laughs> Dan, you're amazing and such a gift to Angel City. And it's not just because I'm one of your bosses, but it's <laughs> no, I'm just I'm really not. Um, I'm just, um, but uh, I learn from you every day and uh, keep it up. Awesome. I appreciate that, yeah. guys. I, I, I love what you guys are doing here and, and keep continuing to give back because lots and lots of people from all around the world take notice. So thank you. Oh, well, well that's that's very kind of you to say. Dan, if people want to check out all your stuff, uh, I, like I said, we did post some of the stuff on the union, and I know you've been pretty busy, but we would love for you to start posting a little a little bit on the on the union as well and keep those conversations going. But uh, I know you got a YouTube channel. Where Where is the best place for people to connect with you? Yeah, on Twitter, Instagram, dbball29. No, I'm going to put up a video next week of me doing the two goal behind the goal, and I'll tag you both because um, as, <laughs> as, plagiarism isn't really what I do. So um, I will I will give you both credit for having been on the call whilst the inception of it happened. So um, I appreciate you guys. I, I, I tell you what, you can give Suski a credit. I don't know if I was involved in that, <laughs> that inspiration. Um, 
Well, well, guys, if you want to, if you want to reach out for a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion, contact at inside the 18 media.com or at goalkeeper podcast on all social medias, uh, including on the union sports guys, make sure that you're checking out the free union soccer community on all platforms. That is an artificial intelligence, smart link guys that will take you with whatever, whatever, uh, uh, phone or computer that you're using that is going to send you directly to the right link to subscribe to the nice. union. It is free. It is very cool. Uh, Dan, keep doing what you're doing. You all are incredible. Uh, we got, I guess we have to keep rooting for Angel City, Susk. I guess, I guess that's just how that works out. Well, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Mike. I, I, no, I, was jo- I was joking. I was being facetious I, right there. I, Bye, everyone. (laughs) That's all the time on Inside the 18. We are out, guys. Later.